48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, Carrie Lam says Hong Kong cannot afford further chaos as the city marks the first anniversary of the anti-extradition protests. All government ministers and their political assistants will take a pay freeze in the coming year and Cathay Pacific announces a $39 billion recapitalization proposal. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says everyone in Hong Kong needs to learn a lesson from the year of unrest sparked by the now withdrawn extradition bill. She was speaking at her weekly press briefing, which coincided with the first anniversary of a mass rally against the bill that would have allowed people to be extradited to the mainland for trial. Mrs Lam said Hong Kong can't afford to tolerate any more chaos. She said it's now time to rebuild trust with the central government. The immediate issue is to prove is to prove that one country, two systems work, works well in Hong Kong and to prove that Hong Kong people are reasonable and sensible uh, citizens of the People's Republic of China, that we could be trusted to continue to have our own way of life and our own way of system uh, within the whole country. The chief executive also lambasted pro-democracy labor unions and students groups for organizing a what they called referendum on Sunday to ask their members whether to hold a general strike to protest against the national security law. We are definitely against any referendum. In Chinese, it's gongtao. That is not something within Hong Kong's political system or structure. Uh, as far as any strike action, amidst the difficulties that Hong Kong is facing. I do not believe that Hong Kong people welcome that sort of strike action when their greatest worry, or the greatest worry of many people, is losing their job and facing difficulties in their daily living. Mrs Lam also said all politically appointed officials will not receive a pay rise for the coming year, although the current mechanism warrants that. Last week, the government announced a pay freeze on nearly 180,000 civil servants. The vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong, Lao Su Kai, says the national security law Beijing is drafting will give the SAR more democracy and improve people's livelihood. He said the legislation is part of the central government's comprehensive strategic plan to ensure the smooth implementation of one country, two systems and to restore stability here. Once the national security law is in, in force, Beijing will be less worried about Hong Kong becoming a place of subversion and that the hostile forces, both internal and external, will be under control. That means Beijing will be more comfortable and less anxious about Hong Kong becoming a democratic, a more democratic, but at the same time more subversive place. That means once Beijing anxiety about Hong Kong becoming a place of subversion, Beijing will be more comfortable uh, with uh, political development in Hong Kong, including political reform. Cathay Pacific has announced a $39 billion recapitalization proposal that includes a rights issue. The carrier also said it intends to implement a further round of executive pay cuts and a second voluntary leave scheme for employees. The Hong Kong-based carrier has been hit by a travel slump due to the coronavirus. Representatives of the tourism sector have criticised the government for working too slow to reopen the territory to visitors. Yesterday, the Commerce Minister, Edward Yao, said the administration is in talks with Macau and the mainland on the possibility of creating travel bubbles or corridors with the SAR. Uh, the representatives met Mr Yao today. Speaking after the meeting, Jason Wong from the Travel Industry Council said he hopes travel links with Macau can reopen later this month.
from the uh, coding system and uh, uh, immigration, I think they are all ready to be reopened very soon. They expressed that they have been actively uh, uh, seeking the uh, support from uh, overseas countries, uh, like, uh, for example, Thailand and also different uh, Southeast Asia countries. But uh, perhaps that would be the next step. The Tourism Board says it will set up an online platform featuring more than 10,000 promotions offered by catering, retail and other sectors as part of a wider push to boost local consumption. Its executive director, Dane Cheng, said with almost zero number of tourists visiting Hong Kong, it's probably time for local people to rediscover the beauty of their home. North Korea says it will cut all official communication lines with South Korea, including the hotline between the two countries' leaders. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. Pyongyang appears to be angry at anti-regime leaflets being flown over the DMZ in balloons by North Korean defectors in the south. These leafleting campaigns often make fun of leader Kim Jong-un and have long been a source of contention between the two sides. This announcement claims that all communication ties will be cut, including the presidential hotline between Kim Jong-un and Moon Jae-in. These phone lines were hard won in historic summits and negotiations between the two leaders in 2018. Two years on, and it seems North Korea may be once again escalating tensions. Thousands of people in the U.S. state of Texas have been paying their last respects to George Floyd, the man whose killing by police has sparked protests for racial justice around the world. A memorial is being held at a church in Houston where Mr. Floyd grew up. His brother Phil Inez addressed the crowd. We grew up together, eating banana mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> no, seriously, just having fun in a house full of love. It just hurt. Breonna Taylor, everybody. Thank y'all. We will get justice. We will get it. We will not let this door close. From Houston, the BBC's Jane O'Brien has more. For several hours, a steady procession of mourners filed past the coffin of George Floyd. The vast majority never knew him, but all said they felt a deeply personal connection to the man who has become a catalyst in America's struggle with race. They also expressed hope that police reform and social justice for African Americans might now be possible. In Minneapolis, the city where Mr. Floyd was killed, the white officer who knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes appeared in court charged with his murder. And in Congress, lawmakers took a knee as they proposed legislation that would make it easier to prosecute officers charged with misconduct. The Democratic Party candidate in this year's presidential election, Joe Biden, is among those attending the memorial. Democrats in the U.S. Congress have set out a series of proposals on police reform following the killing of Mr. Floyd. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, said a new bill would aim to demilitarize the police, improve training and ban chokeholds. We cannot settle for anything less than transformative structural change, which is why the Justice in Policing Act will remove barriers to prosecuting police misconduct. It will demilitarize the police by limiting the transfer of military weaponry to state and local police departments. It will combat police brutality by requiring body and dashboard cameras, banning chokeholds, no-knock warrants in drug cases, and, and racial profiling. 
The United States economy has officially entered a recession. The body that monitors the economic cycles in the U.S. said that economic production, employment and consumption has collapsed as a result of the coronavirus. The BBC's Samira Hussain has more details. The U.S. economy grew for nearly 11 years until February. According to the National Bureau of Economic Research, that's when America's longest ever economic expansion was derailed by the coronavirus. Attempts to slow the spread of the virus left businesses idle and consumers at home. Economic production and employment therefore collapsed from February. The Bureau paints a bleak picture of the U.S. economy, brightened only by a suggestion that this recession may not last as long as previous ones. The American unit of China Telecom has urged the U.S. regulator not to revoke its nearly two-decade-old authorization to provide international telecommunications services to and from the United States. The U.S. Justice Department and other agencies had cited concerns over the company's ties with the Chinese government, but China Telecom called the claims unfounded. A South Korean court has rejected a request from prosecutors to issue an arrest warrant for the heir to the Samsung Group, J.Y. Lee, on fraud allegations. Prosecutors accused him of manipulating the value of two affiliates of the group during their merger to consolidate his hold over the tech giant. Samsung has previously denied any wrongdoing by Mr. Lee in connection with the 2015 deal. The World Health Organization says the number of reported coronavirus cases worldwide hit a new daily high on Sunday. The organization's director general, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said there were more than 136,000 new cases on Sunday alone. He warned that globally the pandemic appeared to be worsening and had yet to reach its peak in Central America. A war of words has erupted between Britain's Prince Andrew and U.S. prosecutors investigating allegations of sex trafficking against his late friend, the billionaire sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. From New York, here's the BBC's Nada Tolfi. In a strong rebuke, U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman said in a statement that Prince Andrew yet again sought to falsely portray himself as eager and willing to cooperate with the ongoing federal criminal investigation into Jeffrey Epstein and his associates. He said the prince had unequivocally informed their office that he would not come in for an interview. It comes after the Duke's lawyers accused the department of an extraordinary breach of its own confidentiality rules by speaking publicly about their contacts. In Spain, police and wildlife specialists are using boats and a drone to search a stretch of river in northwest of the country after several sightings of what is thought to be a Nile crocodile. The BBC's Simon Ponsford has the details. A police officer who says he saw the crocodile gliding through the river described the sight as stomach-churning. He said he thought the croc was about two metres long. Experts believe it's either an escaped pet or was released into the wild by its owner because it became too big to look after. Nile crocodiles can grow up to six metres in length and are usually found in rivers from Egypt to South Africa. Residents in northwest Spain have been warned to stay away from the banks of the river in case the hunted crocodile is hungry and goes on the hunt for humans. Archaeologists have managed to map a buried Roman city without any digging, the BBC's Colin Patterson explains. A collaboration by teams from the University of Cambridge and Ghent University in Belgium employed ground-penetrating radar instruments towed behind quad bikes to create an extensive map of the ancient city of Falari Novi in Italy. They discovered a market, a temple, a public monument and a baths complex fed by the city's complicated network of water pipes which dated back to the 3rd century. 
Ground-penetrating radar technology bounces radio waves off objects and uses the echo to build up a picture at different depths. Finance news a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,104. That's 320 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $61 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.05 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 84 cents. Now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. The 2014 Men's Football World Cup host Brazil has withdrawn its bid to host the women's event in 2023. The Brazilian Football Confederation said it cannot offer FIFA the financial assurances it needs because of COVID-19's impact on the country's economy. Instead, it will support Colombia's bid to become the first South American country to host the Women's World Cup. Japan and a joint Australia-New Zealand bid are also in contention. A decision is expected on June 25th. In other football news, Manchester City's appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport against their two-year ban from European club competition is underway. The English Premier League side were also fined 34 million US dollars by UEFA after ruling the club had committed serious breaches of its financial fair play regulations. The BBC's Dan Rowan has been looking at the consequences for City if they lose their appeal. While the coach Pep Guardiola vowed to see out his contract, an upheld two-year ban could see some of the club's best players leave. It could make it harder to attract new ones and leave potentially a £200 million hole in the club's finances. Meanwhile, the Manchester City and England international Raheem Sterling has backed protests taking place across the UK in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, saying the only disease now is the racism we're fighting. He's also calling for more black coaches and leaders in British football. I can only, you know, kind of um, touch on topics that I see on everyday issues in my in my field. You know, there's... I think there's something like 500 players in the in the Premier League, um, and only you know further that but further them are you know are black, um, and we have no representation of us in you know in the hierarchy, um, no representations of us you know in coaching staff is coaching staffs. Um, there's you know there's not a lot of faces that we can you know relate to and you know have conversations with. The West Indies cricket team have departed from Antigua for a three-test tour of England. Players were permitted to travel after the entire touring party returned negative tests to COVID-19. They're due to arrive in Manchester Tuesday morning. They will live, train and play in a biosecure environment that includes quarantine and testing. Their first cricket test is on July the 8th in Southampton, followed by two more at Old Trafford in Manchester. The venues were chosen for their proximity to hotels and other facilities for isolation. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news and sport from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday the 9th of June is today's date. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. We do have a busy program today. As we are the proud media partner of the Hong Kong International Young Readers Festival, we'll bring to you the fourth of their fourth um, authors and we'll be chatting with children's book author Anna Cho. Anna will be joining us uh, just after half past one and she'll be sharing uh, some of her inspirations and her tips uh, on becoming a writer. So stick around for that and we hope to also bring you that interview on the Facebook Live so you can join us there, which is Noreen Mir on our RTHK Radio 3 and you can also write into us as well our email address is 123show at rthk.hk and uh, finally after the 2 o'clock news Andrew Dembina will be joining us to give us some international food and drink news with some 